A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 2. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to the beasts of every field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the, the Lord God taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. The man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the book Colossians, chapter 3. Let the word of the let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all kingdom, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is, as is fitting for the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. As you are able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading is from the book of St. John, chapter 14. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And you will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the word world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you and i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more but you will see me because i live you will also live in that day you will know that i am my father and you are in me and i in you Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is, he is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Today we're going to be focusing on that second reading from Colossians chapter 3. So will you join me in a, in a brief prayer? Heavenly Father, we pray that the word of Christ would dwell in us richly. Amen. May that be true for us today. May the word of Christ dwell in us richly. May that be true for our congregation, but may that be true for your families as well. Because the word of Christ and the ways of God's kingdom are true. They are right, they are satisfying, and they are how our lives are best lived to find fulfillment and joy. Now most of the time, my family, when we travel, we have four kids, so we didn't go on many plane flights. Six, six airline tickets was a little too much for us, so when we traveled around the country, we spent most of the time in a car. We traveled to Washington, D.C. and New York and Boston, all that area. We've traveled to Florida. We've traveled to Texas. We've traveled out to Southern California. We have traveled all around, up to Michigan. We've kind of been all over the country. We spent a lot of hours behind the windshield of a car. Now, no matter how much you love each other as a family, those relationships can get a little strained when you're spending hours at a time in a car. 
people getting hungry, people having to go to the bathroom, you start getting bored and you start getting on each other's nerves. It's too hot, it's too cold, I'm driving too fast or too slow, cell phones are dying, DVD players aren't working, unexpected pileups, traffic jams in the middle of nowhere. Usually that happens right about the time everybody's getting hungry and you don't have any food. But even though we have those times of tension, there are certain times when there is just a moment of peace and tranquility. And for me, those happen when I'm driving past a field or a large yard where there are trees and everything is green and the yard is nicely mowed and there's no leaves on the ground and there's no branches or sticks that need to be picked up. And when I see that, I feel peace and beauty. I mean, it's obvious that somebody has gone out of their way to make this scene so. It it didn't just happen by chance. It took lots of planning and lots of hours and, and it took following some sort of a plan in order to achieve this beauty. And as a result, we can see the beauty and we can feel that peace. Well, today, as we think about the family relationship, And what Paul is talking about in Colossians here, the relationship that we have as families, as he's writing this to the early church, he is saying that the design of families is to have that same type of peace and beauty. Now, it's important as we start talking about these issues, and sometimes these can be issues of tension, especially when we talk about male and female relationships. It's important that we understand that the goal that God has in store for his creation is the same beauty and peace. The topic of male relationships, male-female relationships right now, is a very current issues type of topic. It's daily in the news in one way or another. And it's clear that when we get apart from God's word and God's ways, when we are not letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly, as Paul commands us, it leads to confusion. It leads to pain and heartache. And that's not what God wants for us in our life and in our relationships. It's not what God has in store for families. You see, God wants what's best for us. But our own sinful nature wants to do things our own way. And when we do that, it leads us apart from God. And it leads us apart from each other. Today, as we talk about leadership in the family, we need to understand that God has given us a real-life picture, a children's message, an illustration of what relationships are to look like. And the pattern has been set by him. The pattern that God has given to us is to be reflected in our earthly relationships It's to be mirrored here on earth, but it all begins with God. Paul writes this letter to the Colossians church, the church in Colossae. And here he's outlining the blessings of what it means to be a part of a church, to be a part of what God is doing, God's work, and to be welcomed into God's family. Paul does this often. He tries to to give instruction to the people of God so that they can be an example to others. And they can experience what God has in store for his people. 
Paul talks about it here in Colossians. He talks about it in Colossians 5. It's Colossians 5, there's actually a clearer picture that he gives of the, the picture of marriage. And he says marriage is actually a picture. It's that children's message, that illustration of the relationship that God has to us. It's the relationship that Christ has to the church. And when you look at that relationship, you see that it all starts with a sacrifice. It starts with what Christ has given up for his bride. And that's what Paul calls the church. He calls it the bride of Christ. And he says that the husband, Christ, has given himself completely. He has sacrificed himself on behalf of his bride. The husband has given up everything for his family. He's given everything into this relationship. He has emptied himself for the sake of his wife. And the wife is modeled by the church. The wife responds to this act of sacrifice in submission to the leadership of the husband. It's a two-way street that is mutual in care and sacrifice, each giving of themselves on behalf of the other. And this understanding that Paul is talking about, there was a, a cultural understanding that the wife was submitting to the husband. He's not giving any new instruction here. This was the order of the day. But Paul says this is true not because society says so, but he says this is the way that God wants things to be. And understand the bigger picture here. Paul actually ups the ante for the husband because nowhere in culture in that day was it commanded that a husband love his wife, let alone sacrifice and give everything on behalf of her. So Paul says that the husband is to model what Christ has done for his church, completely giving himself on her behalf. And then Paul talks about the children. He said, children, you are to be submissive to your parents. You are to obey them and listen to them because this is what the Lord commands. And when you look at this verse in context, in the, verse, in the context of Colossians chapter three, what we see here is Paul is talking about this beautiful harmony and relationship that happens within the body of believers, within the community of Christ, because in it there is peace. And in it, there is a relationship, again, that is built upon the work of Jesus Christ. And in this, we are to be thankful, to be people of gratitude. And when we live out a life that is thankful, it's hard to be at odds with each other. And Paul says all of this is nourished. It is fed. It is fed by the word of God. And how does it happen? He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you instruct one another as you, and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I get the pleasure of being a worship leader to sing songs of scripture with you as we feed, as we nourish these relationships that we have. It's all built upon what God has done for us. So what does this look like in the church? What is, what is the evidence that this is played out? How can we see this working in the body of Christ? Well, first of all, it looks like a body. It looks like believers, believers working together who understand that they've been purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It all begins and ends with him about what God has done. And then what do we do? We respond in thankfulness to God's goodness to us. And so what does it look like in a marriage? It looks like husbands and wives first recognizing the model that's been set for them through what Jesus Christ has done for the church. 
Husbands and wives living and serving on behalf of the other. Husbands loving with a self-sacrificing love and wives submitting to a husband who's giving up everything for her. It looks like children obeying the leadership of their parents. Children understanding the authority given by God to their parents. And it looks like fathers encouraging their children through their leadership. And parents understanding this God-given responsibility that they have in raising their children. In a family, it looks like a family that recognizes they're not doing this alone. This has been blessed and ordained by God. And he promises to walk with us through this. Now, before some of you check out too much, some of you who aren't in a marriage relationship or in a two-parent family right now, before you check out, we have to say, well, what does this verse say to you? Well, first of all, it looks like, it looks like a person who recognizes that they honor their parents. And today on Mother's Day, we honor our mothers. And that's true for everyone. We recognize the authority that our parents have been given, that our parents have been given over us in our family. And for many of us, it looks like honoring our parents as they go into aging and helping them in their life and making decisions for them. Our relationship to our parents will change over time, but we never stop honoring our parents. This scripture is also followed as we all honor the marriages of others, not talking down the marriage relationship or doing anything that might destroy a marriage. And we all have the opportunity to follow this Colossians text as we support kids, as we encourage them in their relationship to their parents and not lead them away from their parents' instruction. And over all of this, don't forget what Paul is making clear that a healthy family gives all people, single people and married people, it gives all people an illustration of what God does for us in the church. We all have an opportunity to learn from that. A single person also has the opportunity to participate in the instruction of being here as a part of the family. A single person is in this relationship with God our Heavenly Father. And we all come together to share God's wisdom, to sing these songs together, to be a part of the body of Christ, which is the bride, to receive the love of Jesus, who is the groom, who has given himself. You see, each one of us is a part of this ultimate relationship in the kingdom of God, to which the family is an illustration, to which it is pointing to. Now, as we think about all of these relationships, it's important for us to humble ourselves and recognize that we don't always live out our roles the way that we should. We each fall short. We want to start pointing the finger elsewhere at other families or other places in society and say, they're not doing it right. But we have to look at ourselves. None of us has lived out our roles perfectly. Husbands haven't loved their wives with Christ's love. Wives haven't submitted as they would to the Lord. Children haven't obeyed their parents completely. Parents have provoked their children. And as we examine ourselves and as we see our shortcomings, we need to repent and to seek forgiveness. You see, the strongest way for us to build relationships is to be honest with each other and recognize our own faults and humble ourselves and seek forgiveness 
forgiveness. You see, without forgiveness, there is no relationship. It's a powerful thing when a husband asks forgiveness of his wife for not loving her the way that he should. It's a powerful thing when a wife apologizes for not submitting to her husband the way that she should. It's a powerful thing when a parent asks forgiveness of a child for the way that they discipline them. And it's a powerful thing when a child apologizes for their disobedience to their parents. And it is a beautiful thing when that kind of grace and forgiveness is present in a family or in any relationship. You see, as we think about leadership in the family, the role of leadership is one of forgiveness. And the body of Christ is a place of forgiveness. We're reminded every week of God's grace towards us that God doesn't hold our sin against us, but as far as the east is from the west, God removes that sin and guilt from our lives and the shame. You see, in Christ, there is new life. There is grace. And in this restored relationship to God, we now have the opportunity as the people of God to live it out in our relationships with other people, and especially in our families. You see, if the family is to be a true picture of our relationship to Christ, we must live out forgiveness and reconciliation. You see, we have that in Jesus. In the preceding verse before our Colossians reading, it says that we are to bear with one another, to forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven us. That's how we are to forgive. You see, all of our relationships are founded on forgiveness. Without it, there is no relationship. Without it, there is no reconciliation. We remain in our sin. And in a family, that can be devastating. It, means, it can mean the end of relationships. But we give thanks to God that he has called us, first of all, into a relationship with him where he has extended himself completely for us. The, the extent of God's love knows no bounds. And so we submit to his authority. We receive his love and we respond in our lives. And we live it out as we show that same grace and forgiveness to others. Brothers and sisters, we're all on a journey together. We're all on a journey that, that might not be behind a windshield in a car. But we do have the opportunity to be a witness, to be an example of what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus. In him, we find our being and our purpose. We find our meaning and our hope. And in him, we find true beauty and peace. So may the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And whatever we do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen.